0: It's still snowing.
1: It just started snowing out there. Uh, Weather forecast says three to four inches tonight. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, too bad I have the day off tomorrow and I don't have to go out oh. in it if I don't want to. Welcome to another edition of An Hour of Your Life. My name is Kim.
1: And my name is
0: Steve. And we are very excited to have a special guest with us this evening. You
1: always say that.
0: We, I, but Larry you know is what? special tonight. Larry is very special. Uh, we have a friend of ours on the phone, Larry. Uh, so please make him welcome on the program. Oh, are you going to... Hey, there we go. <laughs> welcome, Larry. Push the magic button. Thank
1: you so that much. That is not the magic that button. Well, that thanks. is the crowd that's out the there listening. The crowd button. In, in the basement here, in the studio. <laughs>
0: Larry is special for a variety of reasons um he is a very funny gentleman uh, and i use that term loosely when i say gentleman um but he, he larry is a super nice guy but larry is oh man we went over this earlier and i can never remember what the correct term is larry what Let's see if you get it what uh, okay larry is visually t- t- impaired <laughs> No, challenged.
2: Visually challenged. Challenged. Visually challenged. challenged.
0: I. We went over this earlier, and I can't get it right. So that's okay. Larry is visually challenged, and we thought that he. um, The very first time I met Larry and like actually had a, a a fairly lengthy conversation with him, I never will forget. You told me that you kind of consider yourself an ambassador of sorts. Um and so we thought it would be really cool to have you on the show because I don't think that that's something that people, um, you know we we take a lot of things for granted, uh, having all five working senses, um, that fully function, and so I thought it would be interesting to just talk well, with that, you about that's,
1: that's an interesting question right there because we talk about us in the fifth sense, and I have heard many, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but like many people who lose one of their senses. Will develop or overdevelop a mm-hmm. like a sixth sense.
0: Do you have a sixth sense, Larry?
2: I do. I feel like we do. I think that we have a sense of awareness that that people who are recited don't. And I think it's because we're relying on a lot of other senses. Yeah. So I think it makes us have like the sixth sense of rely because you know sometimes every time when I, maybe I can't see somebody but I feel like I can feel someone's energy around me or in the room with me. So, um, so I think that there is somewhat of a sixth sense.
0: That's so do, interesting. Do you
1: think that's a combination of your other senses compensating or is it just something that's developed that, you know, we you know the brain works in mysterious ways. Do you think it's something your brain has just developed that it's a true sixth sense or it's just your other senses have compensated?
2: You know, I, it, that's really hard to say because it's, you know, I've been this way my whole life, so it's really kind of hard to compare to what would be. But it kind of interesting to hear somebody who's not who has not been visually challenged before and see what they feel like now. But I think it's a combination of both. I think that it kind of, you know, you kind of um, nurture it along with because you can't see, you have to nurture that sixth sense. So it's kind of natural and nurtured like, together a little bit. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, it does to me. So um, I'm
1: calling sorry. it. I'm calling it the sixth sense.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: There we go. (laughs) I I guess
0: we do need to back the train up a little bit. So, um, you a lot of times refer to yourself as blind, but you are not actually blind, correct? You have some vision in your right Right. eye. Wrong. Your left eye, (laughs) but you said left eye. But you had told me once, is it your sister Uh has sort of the reverse? No,
2: we are the same actually. My sister and I. What what it is is my sister. My um. My right eye is hereditary, which is what my sister and I have in common. Okay. Um, We both cannot see out of our right eye at all. She has a perfect left eye, but I got in the left eye. So, got a double kind of whammy kind of thing. Mm. So, Larry,
1: you're discovering (laughs) what I know. Kim needs to improve her listening skills.
2: (laughs)
0: Oh, my gosh. I knew this was going to be a bad idea because now you two are going to team up against me.
2: <laughs> Would never do that. Uh-huh. Right.
0: <laughs> but, so, no,
2: I, I, I do have friends I call blind. Um, I will say blind sometimes when I'm teasing about myself because, you know, as you have learned, I don't really care. I'm not that, you right. know, crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have friends who are totally blind, and those are the friends I call blind. They can't see anything nothing but I feel like if you can see some sort of vision whatever that vision is then that makes you visually challenged because you can see some and that's why I like more of a positive term visually challenged instead of handicapped disabled or impaired right. <laughs> so
1: how challenged are you do you have enough vision in your eye that you can read do you see shapes can you make objects out or
2: Um, the best description? Would be to say, okay, obviously, right eye, don't see anything out of the totally blinded net. Left eye, about four feet, I can see color, shape, object, light and dark, but I can't tell who anybody is until they speak to me because I can't see any kind of distinguishing, you know, small things. Mm-hmm. Now, print, I can see print that is baptized, if you can imagine it, 32 times its normal size. <laughs> Well, my computer at home, that's what I have. a 30 times normal print size to be able to see that. Well, see, so you,
1: you kind of touched on this. Is, uh-huh. is, is there a name for the condition you have?
2: Um, my right eye, um, the non-medical term, because I don't know what the medical term is, even myself, is called a teardrop eye. Um, all the parts of that right eye never develop fully or completely. They're very small. And I don't know why they call it teardrop, to be honest with you. But that's what that uh, non-medical name is, because I'm sure it has a really long medical name. And then the right eye, the left eye, is all birth defects. Like everything was made really small. They actually say that it's kind of a miracle I see anything, because Mm -hmm. my optic nerve is twisted, knotted, and bulges out.
0: (laughs) Oh my, that sounds painful. And
1: you say that's hereditary? Your sister has the same...
2: The the right eye is hereditary. The left eye was mine was birth defect. My sister only has the same right eye.
1: So d- does it go back in your family? Like mom, dad, grandpa, great grandpa? Does it skip we, generations? Or the only thing we
2: figured out so far is my sister and I both have brown eyes. I'm the oldest, and she's the youngest. We have two brothers with blue eyes between us, and my dad has brown eyes. So we they know it's on my dad's team side, but no one knows where it's if they don't know if we were the beginning of it, or if it was you know back then when they didn't keep track of what everything was, maybe wow. uh, but we've not seen anybody else show up um i have I have children and grandkids, and none of them have it. My sister has children and grandkids, and none of them have it. Uh, my brothers do too, they all grandkids and children, and nobody else has had it yet.
0: Wow, that's fascinating.
2: Yeah. It is. It's kind of strange. So we don't know if we're at the beginning of it, or if we're just if it'll pop up. You know, generations from now, who knows?
0: So okay. So then, I guess a question. This might be a hard question. If you were, if you had the ability, if the technology develops that you could have at least one eye transplant and have a fully functioning eye with, say, twenty twenty vision, would you get it?
2: You're right, that is a really, really tricky question because I think about that sometimes because, you know, modern medicine, who knows what they'll figure out one of these days. Right. Um, Because I know that it would rely to give me a lot of freedom, a lot of, you know, things that I don't do now that I could do if I had that capability. It would really open up my life more. But then what I wonder, the question that makes me ponder if it would be worth it, is would it change who I am? Is because I can't see Because I can't see, am I the person I am? Would it make me be a different type of person?
1: Well, thank you. What little bit I've met you and talked to you, you seem (laughs) like you have a very fulfilled life anyway, that this hasn't stepped you back. So
0: I don't think your crotchetiness is because of your lack of vision.
2: No, I don't think it is either. I think it's just just you.
0: I I, honestly, though, my first thought would be would it just be kind of overwhelming? like overstimulation yeah, sure. and how long. Yeah, I'm sure
2: it would be, sorry, I'm yeah. sure it would be very overwhelming.
0: And how um, long would it take to kind of get used to like all of those new sensations and figure for your brain to even process and figure out what the heck is going right. on.
2: It could be somewhat overwhelming, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I've always wondered that question myself, you know, would I, or would I not? Or, you know, I mean, yeah, Because you cause they obviously think the obvious answer in your saying when you first ask a question or think that question, I think, well, of course, why wouldn't I? And then I start thinking about it, like, would it change the person I am? Would it make me a different type of person? And Maybe well, because I couldn't see it's molded me into the person I am, for better or worse.
0: <laughs> well, And then I think, too, like there are some involuntary reactions that people have. To some people, like, I would worry, so your husband Royce, if you saw Royce's features for the first time, you know, and it was not what you expected, what would your reaction be? Little things like I'd that be like, that,
2: you know. you like, whoa, I didn't know I was getting into this. Um.
0: <laughs> or you could have the exact opposite re- reaction of, oh my gosh, how did I get so lucky? Yeah,
2: that's true. I guess I could have went that away with it. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. So let, let, let's go back. And okay. let's talk about like your, your childhood and just describe what it was like this. Did you go to special schools? How long did it take your parents to realize that you had an, an impairment with your eyes and that there was something different?
2: Well, it started about my, my poor parents were born. I was born to their first child. Oh, I've never, they had never been around anyone, you know, who was challenged in any kind of way. So they were just kind of learning as I went. Um, but they noticed that at three months there was something wrong because my eyes were also crossed. I mm-hmm. had cross-eyed. So they knew that there was that problem wrong immediately. So I went had gone to Riley Hospital to have them examine me at that age. Were and then from? they noticed and realized I had some issues probably going on more than just the cross eyes.
1: I'm sorry. I didn't mean um, to interrupt. But where, where are you from? Oh, where would you grow up?
2: Oh, Indiana. A little town called Edinburgh, Indiana.
1: I know where that is. Uh,
0: <laughs> Do, you
2: Do
1: you
0: really?
1: Yeah, no one
2: we, usually knows where it's at.
1: <laughs> that's where we bought the camper, right outside of um, oh. the. Um, you a oh, no, no, that's,
0: in your Ed, town. that's
1: Edinburgh,
2: different
0: oh, okay. town. Different <laughs> town. Never mind. <laughs> we don't know well, where
2: you're from. Close. Well, that's okay. Not, the no one knows usually. <laughs> so. I just kind of had, you know, what I, you know, can remember of just a typical childhood because I don't, you know, you don't remember anything to be like five or seven, eight or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I do know that my parents started me in regular public school in Edinburgh at first. I went there for about a year and a half. But Edinburgh couldn't figure out what to do with me.
0: <laughs> I so guess maybe, too, point, we need to maybe uh, give uh-huh. like a time of, a time frame, if you don't mind. Of- You're wise,
2: you mean? Yes. Well, I was born in, 1965, 1965. So, to make me seven, I would have probably been around, what, 72? Okay. Yeah, 72. Um, so, then about 72, they decided, you know, we need to do something else with him, and they recommended the blind school. So, then I transferred to go to the Indianapolis School for the Blind, which was about, probably close to an hour from my hometown. Mm. and. What that consisted of is I would go to school on a Sunday night, and I would stay at school until Friday night, and then come home on weekends, holidays, and summer vacation. It's
0: like so it's kind school.
2: of, sort of like boarding school, kind of, yeah.
0: Wow.
2: Um, we're in a dorm of about, um, I think there were 16 boys to a dorm, and we really had girls dorms too, of course, and there were 16 girls to a dorm, so kind of grew up there a lot. Um, I spent 10 years there in, in, in the blind school, but then decided after 10 years that uh, I didn't really enjoy it and I wanted to be more mainstream. And then so I went back to Edinburgh High School uh, to finish my home school, um, to finish graduation from my hometown school. So okay. it was- um,
0: What was that you know, like? It was, just, was it, was it a, a big challenge? Was it a, a little bit of a shock to the system?
2: It was to me or to them. (laughs) Well, either, I guess. (laughs) Well, to me, yes, because I was being exposed to things that I wasn't normally exposed to because this is why I kind of have a drawback. People ask me what I think about the blind school and I I will tell them I'm not fond of them because I feel like they're a, they create an environment for you. So if somebody creates an environment for you that you don't have to be challenged in, then that makes it easy. You Mm -hmm. know, everything's done for you. Where now when you're, Boom into River public school, And it's like, okay, yeah, not everything's marked and labeled, and you know they do put stuff in their way and don't let you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's just you know it's not prepared and so it doesn't prepare you for real life as far as I'm concerned. Now see- the school alone was a little scared uh, at first because they'd never had a visually challenged person at their school. And the counselor just told him two choices was like, well you can either let him come to school here or his parents can sue you.'ll
0: <laughs> <So laughs> well, we try and see how it goes <laughs> was it, and was it, it was it a hard was it hard because it seems like the blind school you said there were 16 boys to a dorm, 16 girls to a dorm. Yep. I would imagine mm-hmm. that Edinburgh High School is bigger than Edinburgh. just Edinburgh High School yeah. is bigger than just thirty-six kids or thirty-four kids. Well,
2: no, we had we had more than that many kids at the blind school. I'm just saying each. Oh, dorm okay. Was, but, and, yeah, there is. Um, we blind school has you from kindergarten all the way up to graduating high school kids, and each dorm had as many, but we had. Uh, Lambert Hall was the youngest kid, and there were four dorms there, and there was okay. two girl dorms and two boy dorms Okay. Um, that had sixteen each. And then when you go to the next level of dorms, it's it was Wilson one, two, three, and four. And then one and two was boys, and three and four was girls. And then when you get to the older group, it's uh, for the boys it was A, B, C, and then D, and then E, F, G, H for girls. So there's like there's so many dorms up oh. there. They're not just two dorms
1: it houses a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, so you wouldn't even think that there are that many blind kids that would need these oh. services. Do you think yeah. that now with what you just described, do you think these schools that specialize in this, do you think they've recognized that and they've changed their ways right now with to prepare kids like this for a, uh, like like you said, they made it too easy. Do you think they've adapted their curriculum to
2: make it more, to prepare people for life? I, I'm hoping they have. I've not really been in contact with there since I, I kind of walked, you know, These one of the things you walked away and you didn't look back at. Uh-huh. <laughs> kind of how I felt like it, kind of was something that I was glad to be gone from. Um, so I don't know if they have or not, but I really think it's something that they're going to have that they should. Just because it's just, I mean, you know, this world out here is not totally created for you, to, you know, specifically. And so you're going to have to get used to adjusting and
0: changing. And well, yeah, I and think I- that that's. I mean, a shock. I, I feel like that's part of school anyway, is to prepare you for the world. And so you're right. if you're going to go to school to learn, yeah. that's part of it.
2: Yeah.
1: So has so
2: hopefully they have.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. No, I, I was going to ask. So uh, mm-hmm. with, with societies, it's changing. I mean, I notice things like if I'm walking down the street and I come to the, the intersection they have the, uh, where, you, where you go across, they have the, I, I'll call it the, the platform, bumps, the, little, the, the bumps. little bumps, so you know that you're close to the street, or the, uh, the in the bigger cities, they have the lights that will make tones. Have you seen right. a lot of changes in that? Like I think that's with the American with Disabilities Act. Have you seen a right. lot of changes so, that have benefited you for this?
2: Since that act went effective, yeah, things have changed a lot more, because like you said, the little bumps like that, Mm-hmm. It, it's meant for wheelchairs, it's also meant for people who are, can't see, for like when you have a cane, your cane can feel those edges, and you know that okay, this is not a smooth surface anymore, I'm near a road. It's kind of like a signal to let you know, hey, there is a road, you know, yeah. like two feet away from you at this point now. So it's kind of a signal there. So I mean, there are things that the world has changed to make things better, but Some of the changes doesn't always make – all the technology sometimes doesn't make it better for people who can't see. All these things that have, like, flat screens now, um, Mm -hmm. we just had the experience of trying to buy a washer and dryer when we moved because trying to find one that doesn't have a flat screen or buttons you can't touch or feel and trying to find one with, like, knobs or buttons you can feel is a little complicated. We had, like, three choices.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's not things that you would ever, what about, um, technology specifically geared to help, um, visually challenged, auditorily challenged, you know, people who, um, have specific needs. Do you find, I know that you and I have talked a little bit before about, um, the cell phones and the different apps and things that, that kind of help you, Do you find that as the technology changes and there are more quote-unquote helpful things, are they actually helpful to you or is it just more stuff to learn?
1: Anytime I get a new Um, phone, I like get mad at it for like a week. I know, that's what I'm
0: saying. I. It <laughs> seems like as you get older, anybody, as anybody gets yeah. older and you have to keep up with technology, it's more challenging, but especially so m- m- uh, so much more when um, you have the extra added.
1: Speak for yourself, Kim. <laughs> I stay up on all this.
0: Stuff.
1: <laughs> I am not techn- technologically
0: I know, challenged I'm, with this. I'm the old person in this marriage.
2: <laughs> oh, um, yes and no on that. Because um, as you know, I, I don't. I think you this. I told you I, I got an iPhone. I had a flip phone, so I started working for Elements, and then, you know, I, I had to get an iPhone because I've got to be able to do texting and I have to check emails, and there's many things I needed to do that I couldn't do on my flip phone. So I literally had to be trained on my phone because on my phone, on top of the fact that you know we all have Siri on our phone, I have another voice on mine who is called Voiceover, which I have nicknamed Karen because she's annoying. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she is responsible for reading anything on my screen, anything that's on my screen, anything I touch, anything I scan my finger over, she will read it to Bolivian to drive you crazy almost. <laughs> um, but it's a good thing because she's very thorough. Um, so I think that those things are helping. Speech auditory things are helping because it you know, allows for more communication. Um, this, iPhone has probably opened me up a little bit more to, you know, I I use like Apple music and I use some other things on my phone that I would have never used before without the speech being on the phone. Yeah. yeah Was would, it possible to do?
1: I would say Siri can help things a lot just by, you know, with how I use Siri or and i I can't say, well, yeah. I can't say her name out because if I say it, she's A-L-E-X-A. going to start talking.
0: A-L-E-X-A. A L E X A. Yeah.
2: Well, it helps. That helps also because I mean, for me to be home, Sam, I'm home alone and I need a phone number or something, I can't look it up. So I can just have her <laughs> <laughs> She's him, always listening. My, I know. Uh, mine's actually him. I switched it to a guy because Karen on my phone is a female and I needed the voices to be different oh, I enough so that I wouldn't know. That, oh, you can get ones with accents even. <sighs> I had one with an Australian accent, but he didn't understand me very well. So I gave okay. up on them.
0: We need to make yeah. our Alexa have a different that would be fun. Yeah.
2: Yes, they have all they have all kinds to choose from, male, female, and different orient, you know, different countries.
0: I know that we had um, a, a Samuel Jackson app on there for a little bit that he would read us the weather no, and stuff, God. but,
1: and you, but can, you can make it explicit or non-explicit. Yeah. Like don't ask him really if it's fun. going to be cold outside. It's,
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a family show. We can't say that kind of language here.
1: <laughs> so is it is it expensive? Do you have to does it cost you more to be visually impaired? Challenged? Challenged? Um,
2: no, not in, a, not in some way. I know that I tell, one of the things I tell people that I, they always find interesting is we talk about how I get back and forth to work. Well, I use a project, think of Project Mobility, and it's a door-to-door service where you have to be approved to write it, and you have to um, schedule at least 24 hours in advance, but they will take you from your house your work or wherever you're going, um, without you have to be out in the cold waiting for a bus or trying to catch a bus, flag one down, hopefully got the right number, yeah, <laughs> or anything like that. So, so that trip cost me three fifty each direction. So Ooh. a day's work cost me seven dollars to get back and forth to work. But I have no car payment, no insurance payment. Right, I have yeah, no repairs, so or gas buying. So really, when you think about seven dollars a day, you guys probably spend that on gas and insurance and everything else, wear a and, and all that. More stuff than that, car. because I we,
0: stop at Wyman's yeah. and get a cup of coffee on my way to work every oh, day. So that see, alone is go. seven so bucks.
1: So we, we've done a yeah, show paper. on uh, medical insurance. So can any of this be covered through insurance, or will like we'll, uh, we'll call it the Obama? Line. Will the Obama Act cover some of your expenses or anything like that?
2: Not, not for travel and stuff like that. No, It won't cover any of that kind of stuff. I have, at least I haven't been told that it could. Hmm. So, well,
0: okay. So, one of my questions: I know that you use a cane. Um, you know, yeah. in regular day to day, I, I don't. I think we may have. I may have asked you this before, and I don't remember what you said. You don't have a seeing eye dog.
2: I do not have a seeing eye dog. Cause I don't want to take care of anybody else. I'm <laughs> <That's> too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be straight up and honest. I'm too lazy. Would that be you a say, possibility yeah. if you wanted one? Oh yeah. I could definitely get one. That's not a problem. Uh, I have friends who have them and who, who love them and they actually opened up a world for my friends. Uh, I have one friend who wouldn't like go anywhere by herself ever. She had a dog, she started flying around, going places different you know, different cities and oh, wow. it just like opened her entire world up for her. Um, but I just haven't felt like I need, to the point where I need one, I guess. Yeah. And I don't really want one. Well,
0: there <laughs> because you they go. are a lot
2: of work. <laughs> they're a lot of work. Well, they're
0: very expensive too, from what I understand.
2: Yeah. Well, a lot of times you don't pay for them. Oh, okay. I mean well the the daily care I would have to pay for, you know, food. Like I don't have to purchase the dog; uh, they're usually given to you for free. Oh, you. Yeah, you usually don't pay for those dogs.
1: Yeah, I remember, you, I grew I grew up in Columbus, and I can't remember the name of the company, but it was right off Interstate seventy one, and they were like a world renowned, or at least a United States renowned, training facility for dogs, and they dog they that that is where they trained C eye dogs, and I believe now don't quote me on this, but I believe it was like one of the the major places where they would bring dogs in just to be trained right there. And I wish I could remember the name of that place.
2: <laughs> yeah. They're, they're amazing though. I mean, I've, I've seen, uh, like I said, multiple friends of mine have them and, and they're amazing. The work that they do, it's funny how they, they will actually go out of their way to like, like uh, my one friend, she had one, and we would walk downtown, Dayton, and her dog just refused to let her walk over like the grates in the sidewalk. He would take her around the grates, even in the sidewalk. It's like, okay, he does what not a, trust the grates.
1: Apparently, what <laughs> a good boy. And that, that's why these dogs yeah. are expensive. There's a yeah. lot of money put into training. That I mean, they have to. They have to be dependable.
0: As opposed to Rupert, who literally was laying outside in the snow, becoming a snowbank, like he came in and he was covered in snow just because he was laying in it and would not be smart enough to. Nice.
2: No, I don't think, I think he would probably not make it. He's a good boy. <laughs> so That's okay.
0: What about day-to-day life as somebody that is visually challenged? Does it well, take uh, us through, take us through a day in the life of Larry?
2: Oh boy. You haven't <laughs> on enough show for that. Let's
1: we'll, we'll start, let's <laughs> we'll start with breakfast. We can skip the bathroom well, routine.
2: Let's oh, go straight yeah, around. Oh, yeah, let's, please. Well, trust me, I've had many people say to me, this has really been a true question people have said to me. Oh, no. Who helps you get ready in the morning? Oh. I mean. <laughs> I mean, they want to know, like, it's like, how I did my hair, who, who shaved me. I'm like, uh, I did that myself. I did my own hair, and shaved my face. Myself. <laughs> so. And you can I have had that asked to me be before.
0: You can see color, so I can see color. So I would imagine that it's probably not like super hard for you to pick out clothes that match and things no. like that. Uh, the so.
2: only the only problems I have, and that's what Royce good for, is how good how match things up. that I don't know what to do with. But if I have dark colors, I sometimes like I can't I can't distinguish like navy blue and blacks and like. Um, Anything that's really dark in color, if they are similar, I can't, like gray, like a dark gray with black, I can't tell. Uh, So there are some colors that are more difficult, just because they're darker colors and they're richer and they're just harder for me to distinguish between the two.
1: This Um, this is no comparison, but I had a friend who was extremely colorblind. And he he would have to have his sisters take him out to buy clothes. But they, they got to the point that they just bought clothes that no matter what he put on would match because he couldn't tell yeah. tell what he was wearing. And then, like, they did it like geranimals for a while. They'd sew in, like, red or blue or whatever like that so he could look at it and try to match himself up in the morning. But yeah. I think it just got to the point they just bought him all blue clothes,
2: <laughs> so, so he, whatever <laughs> he'd wear matched. match. Everything would match everything. Yeah. Blue jeans match everything, right? Hey, That's yeah. right. <laughs> But is no, pretty—I would I, say I, my day is pretty normal. At least I would feel like it is. Like you know, like everybody else, I I have a really large print clock that that I set to get me up in the mornings, and I just get up. Like I said, we talked about get showered, and get cleaned up. Breakfast usually is really boring. I'm really boring. I have like turkey sausage and boiled egg for breakfast, mm. which I prepare myself. <laughs> really not complicated. Um, and then the rest of the time, it's just next thing is waiting for my bus to get here to take me to work and, you know, once I get to work, I'm there and, you know, I do require some assistance at work um, and we work with a really wonderful team that is always helpful and doesn't mind helping but, because since I can't use any of the computers at work, I have to have people clock me in and out of work. Um, also, I have had have my schedule read to me because I can't read the computers at work and then, any forms that need to be read to me, the girls will read those forms to me and have to get my signatures on those to help. But then when it comes to the massage part, <laughs> I don't need any help, obviously. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's a perfect job for someone who can't see. When you get to that, once you get to the massage part, it's all the other part that takes a little bit of time. And, you know, it's um end of the day, then we just clock out and go home and start all over again, kind of like everybody else.
0: Now you you are a massage therapist at the moment, but that yes. hasn't always been your career, correct?
2: Correct, it has not. I've had two other major careers, I would say.
0: And and what were those?
2: Well, the first one was data entry. So I have a associate degree in data entry. That I worked for the Social Security Hearings and Appeals Department for a few years and hated that job. <laughs> and then after that, I owned my actual own business of filling vending machines, um, and I had three locations I would fill vending machine. Did that for about fifteen years before I went into massage. How did? So that was my other job.
0: How did? How did? Okay, I now I have questions about these jobs.
2: <laughs> That's okay
0: because a massage a, a massage therapist. You're right; it makes sense. You don't really need to be able to see to do that. You can navigate mm-hmm. that world through touch. But data right. entry, I would imagine that you probably need to see a little bit of what you're writing, right?
2: Well, the, the type of job I had is I worked for the hearings and appeals department, and literally all I did all day long was I listened to a dictaphone and typed up the cases, so it was all verbal. It was all, you know, it was all cassette tapes. We worked for five, five attorneys and five judges, and they had come down with cases that were, you know, determined you were uneligible or you were eligible, and we typed up the case, and it was all done on cassette tape.
0: So, that sounds very. I, I really didn't need to see to do that
2: either.
1: You kind of clued me in on something I want to ask too. So, mm-hmm. is there a community that you, you said that you had other friends who are visually impaired or blind? So, is there a community that you associate with, and like a discussion group or anything like that, or just share information? A Facebook group or?
2: Um, I don't really, but there are groups. I've never been one to want to get involved in those groups, um, but they're really great groups out there. They're supportive groups. Um, I can't think of, I wish I could remember the names since so long since I've dealt with any of them, but there are certain groups that you can join and be part of, um, kind of like a support group would be for, you know, any other situation. Um, and there's all kinds of resources out here, really. There's, you know, uh, that you can really get to. Because um, uh, rehab services, uh, they actually call themselves something else now. It's a really long, I can't even remember what the long term is. But rehab services are very helpful in um, uh, trying to find out what a career would be for you to help you you get through school and provide you what you need to get through school to get you job ready. So There's all kinds of resources that are actually the different states offer if you just look into what your state offers that will help you find jobs.
0: How did you fill vending machines if you can't drive?
2: How did I fill the vending machines? Yeah. How did you get well, to the,
0: all, like, all over the place to fill the vending machines? Because you couldn't drive yourself. Well,
2: correct. So I had, well, my three locations I had were all downtown Dayton. So I literally would, um, three days a week, um, I would be at each location uh, for one day. And I would have all my deliveries for that location come in that day. And then the second location, I would have a day that all the deliveries came in. And a third location, all the deliveries would come in that day. And then I would go around to them um, the same days. So I could still go around to them after the deliveries all came in. So I would travel actually downtown sometimes with a cart even, uh, which is crazy when I think about it myself, actually, <laughs> to some of these buildings sometimes. Um, but usually I have everything delivered to the location, and I would just go there to that location and work for the day. because. The good thing about filling vending machines is you would fill them and you don't have to come back for two or three days because, you know, yeah. you're good to go.
1: That depends on how hungry so, people are.
2: This is true, too. <laughs> this is true, too. Some locations are more active than others. But, um, uh, yeah, so, of course, you know, maybe you able to see a little bit. I used the vision I had. I've memorized what color, you know, like I know that peanut m come in a yellow package and they feel different than plain M&Ms do. Yeah. So you learn yeah. little techniques to know how, Things feel and for me, I picked up on color because I could see color. I could tell by color too what things were.
0: Hmm. Was about so raising. You have um, grown children and grandchildren. I I do. Were there any? Do you feel any special challenges that were presented in the raising of children in being visually challenged?
2: Plenty. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes just keeping track of a kid when you can't see as a chore.
0: That's hard enough when you can't have full vision. As
1: <laughs> a teenage boy, I'm thinking there could be some advantages here. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Trust me, they tried. <laughs> but, um, there was, with my firstborn, he was probably when I came up with this little thing to do to them. They always still tease me about torturing him doing this to them. Is I was home alone one day with him and I couldn't find him. He was probably about 18 months 17, 18 months. Aww. I couldn't find him in the house. I checked all the doors. I knew he hadn't got outside because all the doors were locked. He wouldn't answer me. I hollered at his name and I hollered at his name. He still never would answer me. I was freaking out. I turned around real fast and literally walked right into him because Aww. apparently he just didn't follow me around. Aww. Aww. <laughs> and he wasn't saying anything. <laughs> so that night we went out and bought bells for their shoes and my kids had bells on their shoes until they just learned to talk. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: I love that. So I idea.
2: Know where at. Oh, we used to do that, that for toddlers. To do, I've, been, I've been threatened to do that at work. I know where everybody's at, but shoes bells on everybody's shoes.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we used to do that with
1: toddlers. We put little bells on their shoes till <laughs> yeah, till so you till know they, they what learn about to wander outside or something.
0: That's awesome. Right. So that's, I never would have thought of that.
2: I wonder um, if that's like, you why.
0: Know, you have an affinity for cats, and I wonder if that's why is because cats also have bells on them, and it reminds just you me. when your when your
2: kids just were me. little. You know, kid <laughs> but you know, it's, it's um, you know, it has a specific challenges because you know cause there's homework. Kids want you to help them do what you can't do, <laughs> well. you know, unless they can read it to you and possibly read it enough that you can help them. Yeah, so that's challenging to help them do homework, and and it's really challenging when they say, "Here, I did my homework. Look at it." Like, oh, uh. I can't. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well let's hope it's done. You know? <laughs> Permission um,
0: slips where you have to trust that they're reading you the yeah, right thing and you're not actually yeah, just like signing here. them out of school for the day or
2: <laughs> Right. Right. Trust me, my kids got to be older sometimes. They would try to hide from me, like you gotta breathe eventually. I'll I'll hear you. <laughs> they usually would start laughing before they stop breathing. Usually
1: <laughs> Son, what's that magazine you're looking at? It's it's sports illustrated, yeah, really.
0: National Geographic. It's fine. <laughs> yes, you agree, yeah, But
2: they were they were good, and they got to be um, you know really you know they got they got to learn to. I think in some ways they got. I hate to say they got to learn this way, but they kind of got to learn how to be helpers to people. Yeah. And I think that's made them better men in a way because they're they're all three very giving and kind of helpful to other people, and they don't mind. And I think that that's one thing they learned because they're like, well, Dad needs us to help him some so. You know, um, but it's yeah. It was um, it was challenging at times, like it is for anybody. But just right, come along with your extra challenges.
0: Yeah,
1: but it's, I, I, I'm imagining just listening to you. It's just something that when you say a challenge, it's just something that life you, you just, just had to deal with, and it just it was just there. It's just
2: oh you yeah, dealing with, deal I, with I, any I, kid. I, I pretty much have tried to do everything I can do. I mean, I, I you know we try to figure it out. I always teach people that I'm the only kid who probably had a paper out with his mom. <laughs> because for some reason, my parents would let me ride a bike when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> and I always asked them still to this day, why would you let me ride a big bike? And all they would say is, because you wanted to. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so my mom and I had a paper out, and I could ride my bike. Our town was so small, it only had like, like two, three stoplights in the whole town, it was like 4,000 people. Like one highway, it's a very uh-huh. small town. Typical
1: little Indiana town in the yeah. middle of a cornfield.
2: Yeah. So we, um, I would just we would, she would ride her bike in front of me, and I'd ride my bike behind her. And she would tell me when to toss the paper, and I would toss it. Wow, sometimes it made the porch, and sometimes it made the bushes. Well, I mean,
0: that's really any paper uh, boy. I feel like it's
1: fine. <laughs> <Right>. it, <laughs> it sounded like your parents yeah. were very supportive and tried to, in your terms, mainstream you as much as they could.
2: They were, I wasn't, I was never treated special. My parents didn't say, oh, you can't, like I always tell people, my dad made me mow the yard once. So he could say, well, you go, you're not doing that again, but you did it once. There you go. (laughs) Because it was not good. But they were (laughs) good, Very. they were really good about, you know, I I was expected to do the same as much as everybody else was to do. I wasn't, you know, coddled or anything, which I think was good. And it made me feel more, I hate to use the word normal, but made me feel more like everyone else and not excluded from everyone else
0: well and that's Even one of the, by, the things too but, is that i never feel like y- you never ask for a special anything like you don't expect anybody to treat you any differently and and no. they shouldn't honestly i no, mean you're no. able to function just like any person who has full vision
2: right and i've been this way for my whole life i do know what my limitations are and when it comes to something where i can't do it i will speak up and say hey i cannot do this and I'm comfortable with that because I know what I can and I can't do. And I think that's something you learn as you get older, of course. Yeah. Um
0: yeah, so I, I
2: guess. try to be I try to be as independent as possible. Were yeah, you I
1: always like qu- that I, I'm getting older. I've given up marathons.
0: Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Did you start them before?
1: <laughs> the furthest I've you ever started. run. I, r- <laughs> I ran the Army ten miler one time and you start And you run all around Washington D.C. and you you come back, and it ends at the Pentagon. And you can, where you come down off the hill, and you can see the finish line. And you think, yeah, I made it, I made it. There's only like, you know, like a half a mile to go. But then the way they loop you around the Pentagon, it's like another mile and a half, and it's just very demoralizing. I did that twice. (laughs) I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to do it again.
0: I don't think you. will.
1: I don't think I. I don't think you will either. Your path on that, <laughs> yeah. Covid uh, 19, uh, yeah. like, it's turning into Covid 25 right now, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really.
0: Do you think that acceptance, though, of just you know, knowing your limitations and being okay with them is that something that has come with age, or is that something that that's just you?
2: I think it's come with age, and it's just me because I think that, unfortunately, I know other people who are not. I don't wanna I mean I hate to say that I, I I guess I can say that. I feel like I'm driven. I'm I'm driven mm-hmm. and not not to prove things to other people because in some ways it is, I guess, but it's more to prove to me of what I'm capable of. And knowing that I'm capable one of the examples was one of the things I used to tell my mom and dad when I was going to blind schools, they're like, Well, you know, don't don't expect a lot, you know. He he might be like working in like a piece factory where he counts screws and puts them in the packages and and bolts and packages, what I have terrible three, thing have, to say to a parent I know I know my mom was like, "Oh my gosh, did, you know um I have you know two well three in a in a sense three different degrees that I went to school for, yeah, so obviously i i I could do more than package you know screws and nuts and bolts and stuff oh. but well, um, it
1: sounds like you had some pretty awesome parents that pushed and. And that may not even be the right term, but put you out there to develop you into the man you became today. And didn't just, like you said, coddle you that you could have had a whole different yeah. life. And Oh, what was me? Oh, I feel yeah. sorry
2: for myself. Oh no. Like like I said, uh, they, they tried to give me, like I said, I always hate to use the word normal, but I guess, you know, they gave me the most normal life that they could. Um, like that I fished and I, I, I fished with my dad, taught me how to fish and, I even went hunting with my dad. I've shot a gun. I've shot a bow and arrow. Um I've actually driven a car and driven a boat and a moped. <laughs> All those things.
0: <laughs> Which one was most difficult?
2: Which one was most difficult? Probably the car. I was I gonna say like if you can more-
0: if you can ride a bike, you can probably ride a moped. And in a yeah, boat that wasn't
2: as bad. A
0: boat, there's really not a whole lot of stuff. I mean, you're in open no. water, so there's Generally, yeah, around not too much to here You might into. run into
1: a dam sooner or
0: later. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, definitely.
0: But I've had those experiences too. I've had
2: people who just say, like, "Let's just do it for fun." I was like, okay, sure," you know. So <laughs> I've
1: had, I've gotten all those experiences, you know. So it was fun. Let's switch gears a little bit to that the governmental and like the the for lack of a better term, the bureaucracy and paperwork side of things. So oh, yeah. th- there is a <laughs> there is a legal definition and I'm doing this too because we do have an international audience and I'm kind of curious if someone will write back or like compare here. So okay. th- there is a legal definition of what blind is in the United States. And Correct. I know every year when you do the taxes there's a ch- you can get a tax credit I believe if you're legally you blind. Okay. And you do, which is strange in okay. a way. Yeah. So does that come back as a tax credit or or is it it's,
2: just a deduction? It's a tax credit, I believe, is how it works. It's a tax credit. Hmm. I don't know how much I forget how much the credit's worth, but it's a tax credit.
1: Yeah. That's that's interesting then, right there because but but you have to meet the legal definition of blind for the United yeah. States in the States to recognize that. And I'm just wondering if anyone who's listening for whatever reason, Ireland, we we have a lot of people listen to us in Ireland. If someone, some of our Irish listeners would write us and send us an email because we get emails and stuff like that. Do, Do you have a similar system or something like that in countries outside the United States?
0: And what is the? Do you know the legal definition, governmental definition of blind?
2: I, you know, I don't know because I know that it has to be like your vision has to be this, this, this number. Right. So I'm not sure what your vision. You know, like you guys have, you only know, 2020. It has to be some number that makes you legally blind, and I don't know what that actual number is. Gotcha. I can never remember what my number is as it is anyway. He always tells me mine. I never can remember it. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. I know that. Well, so <laughs> it's, okay.
0: well, at some point, it probably new. doesn't really matter.
1: So this, this yeah, might, at some point, you don't care. This might <laughs> be a little bit of a painful question, but have you ever oh, felt sure. Have you ever felt that you've been discriminated against?
2: Oh, my gosh. Uh, yes, multiple times. Um, Intentional or? Wise, um, you know, not all intentional or just, um, don't want to say stupid because it sounds mean, but the people who have done it, I feel like haven't been knowledgeable enough about what people who are challenged are capable of. Yeah, I see. Because a lot, a lot of employers will tell you that their, their, their challenged employees who you think are going to be your more difficult employee to deal with are usually your better employees because they're so excited to be part of something and to be part of a working community that they will excel or try harder to to fit in that
0: group. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And then, too, I you know, kind of going back to your comment about not kind of stupid, I, there's a difference between stupidity and ignorance.
1: Yeah, true. Intentional and unintentional, right. I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean, right. I'm guilty yeah. of ignorance on a lot of things, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I think that the difference is I generally speaking am willing to learn.
2: Yeah. As opposed for, to people
0: things. who are just stupid who are oh, yeah. ignorant and continue to be ignorant no matter what.
2: So yeah, I mean I've had times where it's been I, I felt discriminated against, sometimes in jobs, um, you know. Um and it's always an ongoing and I'm always really big about um I won't tell a job person if I'm going for an interview. First, I don't tell them that I can't see because I don't want them to have already made something up in their mind of what they are expecting when they meet me. Because I mm-hmm. feel like once you meet me, I do have a whole different experience, right, Kim?
0: Yes, yes, that is
2: true. That <laughs> so is I true. want them to meet me without like first knowing that I can't see. So I, I will not ever tell them that until they meet me. So and it's just something I try to do. Just I think it's helpful because it gives me more of a level playing ground, I feel.
1: When in the band I had at, at church, it was the praise band at church. And for a while we had a, uh, a guy who was there, his wife was in the air force and he wanted to play in the band and he was a very good guitar player, mm-hmm. but obviously he couldn't see the music. And that's how I'd distribute. You know, I would send the music out to people and then I would send a recording and mm-hmm. When I when I say we had to make accommodations for him, we really didn't because he would sit there and he would listen to the music the first time. He, he would listen to the, the recording that we would send so he'd be familiar with the song. And then uh-huh. he would just sit there and as we would rehearse, he would listen to it. And then the second time he went through, he was able to play the music because just yeah. he would listen to it and then on the recording, then listen to it live how we would do it a little bit different. And everything worked out fine. Obviously, right. he, he had to have assistance because there's so many wires on the stage. Someone would take his oh, elbow yeah. and guide him because there were, there were just so many wires and trip hazards on the stage. We would do that for him. But when we got him to the place he was supposed to be, everything, you you would never know.
0: No.
2: Yeah. Right. So.
0: Well, and, well that's,
2: that's why would... even our Go ahead.
0: I, well I was gonna say that but I you know, I have talked to people who have interacted with you who had no even after having interacted with you and had no idea know, that you had any visual challenges. I was gonna
2: say I was gonna say the same thing you said that. I was gonna say I have people who don't even know that see me I have some clients who see me two and three times not just once, but like two or three times. They're like, Oh, you can't see I'm like, <laughs> No I can't see very good They're like, I didn't know Yeah. I always just figure my glasses, give it away, these big old crazy glasses I wear. You know, yeah so. I mean
0: your glasses are thick but I, I wouldn't say that you yeah you I think a lot of people would just assume that you just have bad eyesight not that you just can't see
2: yeah it's,
0: it's um it, and it takes
2: work it takes work to do that it's a lot of mental um preparedness to know because mem- I, I do because I don't see much I memorize a lot of things. So, like, I got memorized how things are, as you know, and yeah, anything being moved around very often at work, yeah. I get a little confused. Yeah. Because I yeah. memorized everything in my brain how things are. I'm not visually looking for where things are.
1: I'd be hurting um, if I had to memorize everything.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the older I get, the harder power. that is. <laughs> it takes that little brain power to do that. But I think it's kind of good, though, because it keeps my brain active and moving. Right. And, You'll you know. never
0: get Alzheimer's. Yeah. You think it's
1: one of those oh, no. extra senses that you've developed in? to help your memory so, and, and you have to depend on it.
2: Yeah, I think I think so cuz it's like, you know, you know if you don't use something enough then it doesn't, you know, get stronger but the more you use it I feel like it gets stronger. So in a sense I think the more I've used that it's gotten stronger sens- sensations and stuff of like
0: it. Kind of looping back around to this sixth sense thing that you said you can f- sometimes <laughs> feel somebody's presence in a room. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cuz you can feel like body <sighs> not that kind of wow. sixth sense. <laughs> Do you ever? That was creepy. (laughs) Knowing you the way that I do, do you ever use that to mess with people? Because I could totally see you doing that.
2: I think you know that I mess with people just for fun. You
0: do, but but I do. I would imagine that you're probably a really good sneaker. Like, are you good at sneaking at people and like creeping up behind them and knowing exactly where they are?
2: As long as I know where they're at before I sneak up on them.
0: <laughs>
2: that's the only thing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think that I, you know, I like to have a lot of fun as much as I can. I think it's important. So I'll use whatever I can to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> all in the name of all uh, good fun, right? Yeah, it's all in good That's right. Time. I tell people I never mean anything I say. I'm just having a good time.
1: <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> well... Unfortunately, we're not there yet. We have a few more minutes, but just oh, give a little. Fine. Give getting close a little to an hour. Yeah, we're getting close to an hour. I'm,
0: so, you, I'm fine.
1: What would you say has been your biggest challenge? Biggest challenge. Oh, that's a really good question. I'm it's just, I'm so over- insightful. It's <laughs> really yeah, It's
2: like probably trying to overcome people who won't see the potential in me. Mm. Does that make sense what I'm saying?
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Saying that such people who see me as a blind person, I'll use the word blind because that's how the the people I'm speaking of would see me, see me as a blind person and think I'm capable of very little and without even knowing who I am first to see what I'm capable of. I think that's probably the most aggravating thing for me.
0: You're capable Um, of counting screws, not getting three degrees. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Brand my own business, raising three, you know, raising three kids and balancing going to school and a job before when I was going to school and uh, for massage school and working both. Yeah. Um, I don't really think I think of the word no in my life. I think of in the words, I think of, let's see if I can do it. And then maybe I can't, and then I'll have to find a way around it. But I always figure I'm going to go in the front door or I'm going to go through the back window. Whichever way I can get in, I'm going to get in. There
0: you go. That's my thought on that. <laughs> So then I guess that would be my, my, I guess the follow-up question, which I guess you kind of answered. If if you could give one takeaway to listeners, what would it be about dealing with people who are uh, otherwise, other, other abled than what they are?
2: I would say, give them a chance. Let them show you what they're capable of. Cause then most of us, most people who are challenged, they know what they're capable of, but they know the limitations. And give them a chance and let them show you what they can do, not think you know what they can do when you're not walked a day in their shoes. I, I think it. that's really important.
0: I
1: love it. That's, I think that's good advice.
0: It's good for, advice for, <laughs> for anybody. For anybody.
2: For that's what I, mean, what I was going to say true. right there. Whatever yeah. your yeah.
0: abilities. That's
2: true. It really is. It is. All right. I think so, too.
0: Well, Larry, thank you so much for coming on the show. I you well, thank you for inviting me. continue to always be an inspiration and a thorn in my side, my friend.
2: <laughs> well, I try to be. Yes, you know, all those things. <laughs> <that above. laughs>
1: well, Larry, if you don't mind, just hang around a little bit, uh-huh. and we're going to do some shop work right here, and then we'll play the music, and I'll stop the podcast, and we'll keep you on the phone for a second. So, okay. Kim, any what else is going on? We kind of jumped right into the topic.
0: We did. Um not uh, because really there's not a whole lot else going on,
1: honestly. It's, it's still the same thing.
0: It is. We yeah. we did kind of so um I want to apologize. I feel like we owe our listeners an apology because when we started the show, um you know, when we, like back months and months and months ago, we Agreed amongst ourselves that we were going to put out shows every Saturday. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Yes. We agreed that we were going to put out shows every Saturday. And then life. 2020 happened. Coronavirus. 2020 happened. But you know
1: what? Larry has inspired me just to get more focused again. And I know what you're going to say. We're going to start putting our podcast out routinely on saturday night
0: yes we we have to get back we we need to get back accountable um to ourselves and so uh so i want to apologize for anybody that you know looked for us on saturday nights and then we disappeared and now we are going to make a very concentrated effort.
1: Well, now they're used to us on Tuesday or Wednesday night. Well,
0: now, no, so. now we're going to get back to Saturdays um, because <laughs> I'm off almost every Saturday, and so we can, you know, it's a it's a pretty stable schedule that we can get back on Saturdays. Um, so, so we're going to get back to every week on Saturday. There will be a new hour of your life,
1: and we're going to get back to our routine little meeting at Winans or yep. production we meeting. Our production meeting. We. Yep. Have, I keep a list of topics and we have some really good topics that we think that at least we're interested in. We, we hope and we think that you mm-hmm. as the listening the audience will be listening to and we hope we can put our little flair to it to, to bring it out and leave out just the, the boring stuff that everyone knows. We want to try to yeah. go behind the scene just and, a little bit. And if
0: you're not interested, just skip that. We can go to the next one.
1: And listen to start over on episode one.
0: There again. you go. All right. So, uh, as always, if you have any suggestions of something that you'd like for us to research and bring on the show, please write to us at a at gmail dot com. We're also on all the socials, Instagram and Facebook, an hour of your life, or Twitter a lost hour. Uh, again, a lost hour at gmail dot com.
1: Yep. And as we've said many times, Kim and I, we don't make one penny off this podcast. We're not looking for donations or anyone to help or now, anything wait a like minute. that.
0: What? If you want to send us money, we're not gonna No, we're not we're not, not.
1: We're, not we're not going there because then it'll just get complicated with taxes again.
0: If you want to send us money and not tell Uncle Sam about it, we're not gonna say no.
1: No, don't say that. <laughs> Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam is listening, trust me. I hope so. Yeah. So anyway.
0: We need all the listeners we can
1: get. So we don't want your help with financial <laughs> donations or anything like that. We want your help with just trying to help grow our podcast. We have a fairly decent listenership. With uh, people following us, but if if you're listening right now, if you really want to help us, hit the follow button,
0: hit the like button, hit the share hit, button, hit the
1: leave us a good comment. If you're not going to leave five stars,
0: don't just, leave just a rating. Go
1: go to another podcast yeah. and listen to them.
0: Absolutely, but,
1: but help us out. Share. We always put the stuff out on Facebook, and I'll say Twitter, but the Twitter just that, yeah, that is never like, taken off right there. But Facebook, hey Josh, yeah.
0: our one Twitter follower.
1: We we have a lot of followers on facebook so if if you're there hit share tell a friend about us and that is how you really help us with this podcast it
0: makes our hearts happy yeah
1: and maybe one day when we're up there with like joe rogan and those guys we and, might
0: think about having yeah, we, a patreon we, we,
1: we might get you a free ticket into the show one day or something like yeah, that yeah sure so with that kim
0: what i already did all that stuff you already
1: did all that stuff okay <laughs> So
0: from the. Act like a professional.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So from, and I'm going to start it back, from the 13th Hour Studios in Sugar Creek Township.
0: Thanks for spending an hour of your life with us.